I'm Alex Schiffer. This is Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City Star. We are live from the Purdue Press Box. We were not expecting that when we talked on Tuesday. No, we were expecting a win. Yes, that's true. We uh, got the first part right. Yeah, yeah. And when it was 27 to 10 in the We were in good shape for our quarter, predictions. Yeah. I was starting to write, and you were. I'm sure you were getting leads in your mind yes. about how to, how to frame this game. And then the momentum shifted. And and then it was just tight the rest of the way. I think I write. I, I think this is right. Missouri twice blew double digit double digit leads. Yes. Right. So twenty seven to ten, and it became 27-27. Then they went up thirty seven twenty seven. Yes. And then thirty seven. It was thirty seven twenty four, and then it got back to thirty seven twenty seven. Yeah. Yeah. But they won three and zero for the first time under Barry Odom. Georgia comes to town next week. You know I. I guess we're giving away a little bit of our hand for what we're going to write about. But, you know, a week ago we're talking about maybe college game days coming to town. Maybe they give Georgia a game. This is Drew Locke's Heisman moment. And a lot of that's still on the table. I don't think they have any shot at game day after tonight. But, no. um, but now you kind of go into that game and it's like, well, we knew they were going to be underdogs. We knew that it was going to be a tough one. But now it's like all the things they have to address. I mean, the pass defense was awful. And obviously Georgia has two amazing quarterbacks. Right. Um, Offense, the running game took up a, st- a step up tonight. I thought Larry Ratchery thought it had a great game, and they did a lot without Emmanuel Hall. But, right. but still, I mean, Drew Locks had a hell of a time for his first pick of the season, and it was a pretty <laughs> – as you said, it, he, he underthrew Jalen Knox. If he, if he connected a little more, he had a touchdown. Yeah. But just a lot, a lot to kind of throw flags at. Well, I think, I think there's two ways you can look at this game. Um, and we're going to write about both of them. Mm-hmm. One is, you know, David Blau, who you know who had a great game against Missouri last year in mm-hmm. Columbia, and then is mediocre the rest of the time. Is mediocre this year, and then sees Missouri again and goes crazy, 572 yards, the most I think ever against a Missouri team. Right, mm-hmm. David Blau. Yeah, David Blau. Not Drew Brees. No, not Drew Brees. Not, not Kyle Orton. No, not Glenn Dawson, not Bob Greasy. You know, none of the great quarterbacks that have come through here, David Blau. Um, so there's a, there's obviously a level of concern yes. there. Um, the other way to look at it, and, and I'm writing about this, uh, I'm going to write about this, is um, they won a game in which, you know, there were there were times when it looked like they could lose it. I mean, mm-hmm. lose it in a – it would have been a kind of a shocking loss if they had lost it. But you can't tell me that when the uh, Purdue apparently had a touchdown yes. with three and a half minutes to go, uh, signaled touchdown to take a three-point lead, that you weren't thinking, man, they're going to lose this. Missouri's going to lose this game, and and now we've got to kind of we spent the whole game thinking about this game in a certain way. Now we got to think about mm-hmm. it in an entirely different way. Yeah. Um, but the call gets overturned, and. The game is they kick the field goal to tie the game instead of go ahead. And then Drew Locke takes him down the field and they go, what, 75 yards or yeah. just a shade less than 75 yards to kick the game winning field goal. That to me showed some resolve and some resiliency and some determination, all good qualities to have. But man, 572 passing yards. Yeah, the, the big takeaway I had I don't know if you were at the game last year against Missouri, South Carolina, but they had momentum early in that game and then they gave up their return to. Uh, Debo Samuel, Locke throws the pick, and then the following drive, South Carolina scores, and just in like three minutes, the air came out of the balloon, and they didn't know what to do. I was talking to some of the guys from the team last year, and they kind of said that end of the first half, it's 27-10, and all of a sudden it becomes 27-14. 
that was kind of a deja vu moment of a little bit of time and all this stuff happens. But as you said, to their point, they, they didn't let it, they, they were bent, not broke to go with the motivational yeah. talk. Uh, well, go ahead. Let's, well, let's look at a couple specific things. I want to get your thoughts on, on this. Cause we, we were talking about him during the game. Um, so it's late in the first half. So late in the second quarter, and Missouri faces a fourth and four at well, – they had to have been at like the 35 or so. Um, they had already converted a fourth and eight from – you know, mm-hmm. and picked up a 30-yard pass. It was a great call and, yeah. and execution. They also had gone kind of a, a quick snap on a fourth and four from Missouri side of the field and picked up a first down. But on this fourth and four, they, they elected to kick a field goal, have a field – you know, brought out uh, McCann – to kick a field goal, that gets blocked, Purdue recovers, and they go right down the field to score. You talk about a momentum-shifting moment. Yeah. And I just well, – both of us looked at each other and said, well, what, why is they – why are they going – why are they kicking the field goal here instead of, you know, continuing their success on fourth down or at least punting them deep? Mm-hmm. What did Barry Odom say about that? I thought his answer was rather concerning because he said that – I asked him about it. I said, what made you – you know, you get a fourth and eight, why made you go fourth and four? And he said, you know – you only want to take so many shots on fourth and four uh, on fourth down, and I asked the guys if we felt comfortable with the call, and there was some indecision, so that led us to the field goal. And to me, I I took that as him and Derek Dooley weren't on the same page. And to me, it's like you time to be on different pages is during fall camp. I mean, right. it's it's end of the first half. Purdue's making a run, and you you can't make up your mind. I mean. What are we going to do? Flip a coin? I mean, yeah, so, I, I I thought that was a very alarming answer Barry gave. So yeah, I, I got the sense that there um, there was a little not miscommunication, but just uh, some uncertainty. And you, yes, in a moment like that, you, you don't want uncertainty. And you know, my thought was either either go for it, uh, get stopped, or punt it. This was the worst of the options. A fifty yard field goal. He's mm-hmm. got a good leg, but I'm not feeling good about that attempt right there i just i'm just not and it turns out snap was a little high the whole thing was the whole thing was off kilter gets blocked and and and, and quickly Purdue goes down and scores just before half and that changed the whole thing at that point to me the game is a toss-up yeah you know? with that i thought their um angel of death moment was the deflected pass off cam hilton <laughs> oh, for the seven yard four yard completion talk about that it reminded me of the auburn play against Georgia from 2000 and was the year they won it with Jameis Winston. So that would have been 13, I want to say. It was 13 because they yes. won the national championship that was, game because that they was, had a series of players yes, like that, that. And then they had the kick six. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that just reminded me of, wow, you know what? If they're having plays like that happen for them, then, yeah. then Angel, something bad. Angels are on their side. Yes, yeah. So that was their – the pass defense in general was, was awful. I mean, I felt bad for Terry Peach. Demarcus Hasey has amazing play on the first – I thought that was – you talk about signs. I thought, all right, it's going to be like our predictions were going to come true, that it was going to be a good night for the offense and yeah. a good night for the defense. He goes down. I give credit to David Blau on this because we were saying how he wasn't this amazing quarterback. He knew Terry Peach was a redshirt freshman, and he picked on him that whole drive. That whole opening drive he just threw to the guy Terry right, Peach was covering. Right. And, I mean, DeMarcus Acey's going through concussion protocol. If you're Barry Odom, you need him back against Georgia. It is a growing moment for Peach, but it, it shows – Quote and bear how little the margin for error is. They, this, the difference between their first string and their second string cornerback was an opening series that took them all the way down. Right, essentially. right. 
Uh, and this was a secondary also that put, put produced a, an interception early yeah. in the game, right? They, 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 Purdue tried some trickeration, and it was just a – It was a reverse, and then – Handoff reverse, yeah. back to the quarterback. It, it was a bad play. Poorly yeah. executed. Missouri was Too much to, going on in it. Yeah, you're right. Too much going on. It just didn't – it just seemed muddled from the start. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State, and no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. It's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town. Just eight cents a day or two fifty a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at KansasCity.com slash sportspass. But how about Missouri's turnover? You, you mentioned it right at the outset. What a... What a bad time for Drew Locke's first interception of the season. Oh, my gosh. Um, I can't remember. They were leading. Um, they were up by three. Yeah, 37-34, right? Yes, and, and this driving. would have put it away. And I remember turning to you and saying, man, they need to have a two-score lead here. And they need something out of their quarterback. Yes, this was the time for him to become the Heisman candidate, the first-round draft pick, all that stuff. And I thought he had the right idea. He scrambled and – uh, who was it? Um, Jalen Knox. It was Jalen. He was Knox. trying to lead Jalen Knox, on, right? And yeah. actually motioned to him to 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 break. And he just underthrew it. Did put enough air under it. Yeah, got picked. And that was the drive that led to the game tying field goal. Yeah, we had talked about the run game being a thing. The thing that stunned me: you bring back Demari Crockett and Larry Roundtree, and on that last series, you're giving the ball to true freshman Tyler Beatty. And <laughs> to his credit, I mean, I'm going to pull up the stats real quick. He had a nice game. He had uh, 61 yards right, and then the other. To me, the play that kind of saved them was that little toss Drew gave them that pretty much when, when Drew was being spun around, yeah, and and, and basically sees and, and I think Johnson was open that yeah. we all saw in the press box that but apparently Locke didn't see, but uh, but Beatty just happened to be in in a sort of a safety valve position mm-hmm. wide open, and what did that play go for? I don't know, fifteen yards, yeah, or something. twenty. I think it was twenty, 20. yeah, but yeah, 20. It, it, I, I think when when, <laughs> when Missouri. Converted that play, I thought oh, they're going to score here. Yeah, that and Emmanuel Hall kind of being the unsung hero. He had the twenty-five yard catch. He's the one I thought he was going to have a great day just because Purdue didn't see him last year. He had one play he got in last year, and that was it. He got a shoulder dinged up. He had the twenty-five yard catch, which really I thought the beady play made me feel optimistic they were going to finish it. But when he had the catch against him at the fourteen, it's like all right, now they have yeah they have time to waste. And this is after Hall had the uh, the bounce the ball bounce off his head in the first. Yes. The first he had two series. drop touchdowns essentially in the first series. Yeah, yeah. How about that? So now they go ahead to Georgia. Uh, interesting week for Derek Dooley. His son's a walk on receiver for Georgia. Huh. But biggest home game of the season, eleven a.m. kickoff. They're three and zero, so I still think it'll be a pretty good atmosphere and everything for Missouri. I talked to Jim Sturck, the athletic director, after the game. He said it was just a you know, a few hundred tickets away from being a sellout before it, this, this will put it over the top. Mm-hmm. So it'll be the first time the stadium has been full this year. 11, 11 a.m. kick, as you said, 
Georgia coming in. It'll it'll be the best atmosphere game of the year, I think, for Missouri. Yeah, what this is obviously a gigantic week for them because if they pull it off, all of a sudden the SEC East is open. Drew Locke going to New York for the Heisman has a lot more legs to it. Yep. And they'll definitely be ranked. They're not going to be ranked after this. They might even lose votes in the coaches poll <laughs> after this. But there's so much on the line, and yet I feel like we're coming out of this game, and, and the talk isn't really 3-0. It's more of how are they going to hold their own? You know, and sometimes that can be good for a team's focus. Now, you know, you, you win the game – and then you, the coach has something to yell at his team about when they get back for, for practice. And, mm-hmm. you know, when they get in the film room and say, we absolutely can't play that way, this is what you need to do. But it's also entirely possible that Missouri doesn't have the, the ability and the talent. Yeah. To, uh, you know, Georgia's to, the Alabama of the East right now. Yes. Um, yes, that's exactly right. And, you know, Missouri might have to trick them, you know, defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, obviously, Georgia is uh, is balanced and it's it's – It'll be it'll be the second toughest task of the year for the Tigers, with the toughest coming two or three weeks later after the open date in South Carolina and then at Tuscaloosa. So, um, not many people playing both of those guys this year. No. Georgia and Alabama, Missouri gets them both. And we talked about Georgia's offense. I mean, this pass rush is MIA. I thought it'd be funny if I had the time of her Photoshop of like a missing poster for <laughs> Terry Beckner. We obviously knew they brought back a lot inside a tackle. And that DN would be concerned. You could have had a lawn chair back there tonight. I mean, they weren't even close. Chris Turner had one sack, but they had they got David Blau to scramble a few times, but then they just had these wide open holes, and they just were giving him yardage. Yeah. It, it, and Blau's an entirely capable uh, runner. Uh, he, yes. he he hurt him with their, with his legs tonight. Uh, and Drew Locke had a, had a rushing touchdown, which was interesting. Second uh, in as many weeks. Yeah. Um, so. I thought Missouri's offensive line played really well tonight. You talked about uh, you know how, how well they ran the ball. That Drew Locke didn't hardly felt felt any pressure at all tonight. Mm-hmm. And they finally, maybe for the first time this year, had the sort of running game that I, I you know I expected them to have. Yeah, this this was a game that I and Demario Crockett. I don't know what's wrong. I mean, he Larry Roundtree at the game. You thought Tyler Beatty yeah. was was again the the hero at the last minute, but. Demario Crockett, what was his rushing yards? I don't even know if he hit 100 tonight. He had no, no. seven, six carries for 17 yards. I don't know what – you know, he's put on a lot of muscle. Maybe he's too heavy. I don't know what it, what it is. But right now, if I'm Barry Odom, I'm riding Larry Roundtree and then Tyler Beatty, and then I don't know what to do with Crockett. I don't know either. I, I, I don't – you know, that's they're going to have to figure that out because it's – we go into the season thinking he's 1A, right, if mm-hmm. not 1. Yeah. And, and now – you know, there was up, up to now. You're just wondering what's what's going on there. Where where is it with him? He's you know he's um, uh, Roundtree just strikes me as being more physical. You know, he's a little yes. bit bigger. And he more welcomes physical. contact. Yeah, and and that serves Missouri well. Um, uh, but he's I, I, he's got to be your lead dog now. I, I think. I mean, I, it's, it, that, that he's got to get the bulk of the carries. Yeah, and then with him not having Emmanuel Hall, the Jalen Knox, I thought also was a. He had a lot of big catches for them, whether it be just for a first down and milk the clock. I thought he had the nicest touchdown of the night with the 60-yard slant or oh yeah, skinny yep. post, whatever you want to call it. Right. I mean, I thought the one good thing to take away from this is that they didn't really have – Albert O had the two-yard fade, like whatever, and, and yeah. he could have caught up. But they didn't have Emmanuel Hall and they didn't have Demario Crockett yet. They had other guys kind of step up, and it wasn't like – you know, usually you have to kind of go through the bad to get to the good, but – 
Beatty and Knox, you kind of light a fire from them, and they they gave them everything they needed. Well, I'm not worried at all about this team's offense. I mean, we could we can nitpick uh, uh, Crockett and and, uh, and and wonder how the receiving core is without Hall, like it was in the second half. But they've got guys to get the job done. It's it's you know the the, the, the takeaway from tonight is the secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how they're going to get that fixed in a matter of days against one of the two toughest teams you're going to play this year. Yeah, the one good thing I did think about the defense tonight, Cal Garrett cleaned up a lot. You know, yeah. you remember when Kentrell Brothers, Barry Odom was the defensive coordinator and Kentrell Brothers was the All-American. He clean, The reason why that defense was so highly ranked is because he was able to clean up a lot of their mistakes. And I think that's big if Cal Garrett can be a guy like that where there's a lot of inexperience on the defensive end and in the secondary – if he could be that medium guy that makes both sides easier, that's big for this defense. So I thought he he I don't, he didn't have a tackle for loss, I don't think, or have, but he there was I a lot his, of. I heard his name called a lot. Tonight, yes, though. I thought he had. Let's see, for tackles, he wasn't their leader. Uh, seven tackles, two tackles for loss. So I thought he had a very good night. Yeah, and and I thought that was encouraging. Adam Sparks also eleven t- uh, tackles, many against his brother. Yeah, yeah, but he was also burned a lot tonight. Yeah, I, I saw um, I saw fourteen, you know, chasing down guys. Yeah, a lot tonight. What an awkward conversation at the Sparks family <laughs> dinner table. I mean, the brother has the touchdown called back. Yes, yeah, but they then they barely won. But I guess Purdue won last year, Mizzou won this year, so they're kind of even. Go. There you go. Yeah, just. Hey, what Purdue's not that far off. They're they're going to win some games. Yeah, they year. they're five six plays away from three and zero. They are. They're they're going to be fine. Um, uh, I, I don't know who they have come. I know they're at Nebraska in a couple of weeks, but uh, that was a that was a good team. It was a good offensive team we saw tonight that uh, uh, that battled. You know, and, and almost got it done against you know a team that we think is pretty good in Missouri. Yeah, just I again I don't expect. I don't want to give a score prediction for Missouri Georgia yet because I want to see. Yeah, let's wait till so, yeah. But um, what do you think the line opens up at? Do you think Georgia's a double-digit favorite on the road? Not, not, not double-digit. I think it'll be uh, seven, seven or eight. I was going to say eight and a half. So yeah. Missouri was like a six and a half point favorite here, yeah. right? Um, People thought that was insanely low. That Vegas knows what it's doing. Absolutely, it knows what it's doing. Um, Georgia will be six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. I, I'm pretty, pretty sure it'll it'll be. It won't be enough to tick off fans. I, I think Missouri fans are pretty realistic about this team, and they were mad tonight. I could tell there was some yeah. anger, social media about what was how this game was unfolding. Um, but uh, look, show up. Let's see what happens um, Saturday. At least it's you know what it's a big game in Columbia that we haven't had in a few that Missouri hasn't had in a few years. The one thing I keep thinking back to with this is that the last time Georgia came to Columbia was Barry Young's first season. They nearly pulled the game off, and then there was the blown fourth down coverage yeah, that that would have been Easton, I want to say. That would have been – I always confuse the, the two Jacobs, the one that transferred to Washington. That would have been from, I want to say. No. No, it would have been no. Easton. It yeah, would have been Easton. Easton. I mean, yeah. Um, he And, you know, Barry Odom was very emotional in that press conference. You know, I thought he was going to cry for me. It would have been a huge win for him as a first-year coach. Kind of feel like there is a little bit of that in the seniors' mouths and everything. That would have been a huge win for them. Sure. So it could get interesting again if they win. All bets are. You know, oh yeah, if, yeah. If they if they win next week, everything that we just said, yeah, yeah. is either got amazing. Well, if they win or, that week, that means they would have played much better defensively. Yes, tonight. yes, I agree. 
with they, you know, they had they had to score forty tonight to win. To me, the defense against Georgia has to hold them to thirty-five or under if yeah, they want any shot. Fair. And then that's fair. I, yeah, I don't think I can pick a number lower because I can't. I don't expect <laughs> them to hold it. I feel like thirty is really pushing it. So right. I think thirty-five is number. If they can keep Georgia around thirty-five, they'd have a real shot. And if they gets in the 40s, I don't think Missouri can get into a shootout with them, not with the way the defense is George playing. will be looking at a lot of Purdue film this week just to see, what, uh, yeah. see how they attack Missouri. So. Yeah. Uh, we can wrap this up. Awesome. We're going to get to writing. Thank you for joining us, and uh, I'll have somebody here next week with me after Georgia. Probably Vahe. Hopefully Vahe. <laughs>